Hi, I am Jen Thor. I am a fantasy paranormal romance writer. I live in eastern Nebraska, originally from very tiny, small town, Iowa, uh, western Iowa. My graduating class, for example, was a whopping 17 people, uh, two of which were foreign exchange students. So it led for a very interesting childhood and upbringing. There wasn't a lot of diversity uh, a lot of farm kids, a lot of small town kids who really hadn't gone anywhere or done anything. So it was very isolated, really, in experiences and other information and other things. As I got older, um, I've been able to travel more and see more things. And so I think that's kind of shaped some of my environment in terms of you know, actually being able to go to London and touch a Roman wall that dates back to 2 AD really has this enlightening kind of, of experience. So I'm able to kind of look a little bigger than my upbringing. Um, my health has been fun. I've torn ligaments in my ankle. I've uh, damaged nerves in, in my neck. Uh, so I get a lot of fun some days, especially when the weather's entertaining and uh, the, the pain of all that just kind of settles. And so I've had to learn how to write through that and figure out ways to kind of create my own um, avenues in which to work through it. I've been lucky enough to have a interesting range of jobs. I've worked in radio. I've worked on air. I've managed the traffic information. Uh, I've worked in retail, both management and clerk, uh, customer service. Um, I've, been, I've been one of those people that goes to stores and scans items for inventory purposes. I've done a little bit of everything, including be a stay-at-home mom for several years. So, I kind of have been able to really take in and really study and, and search kind of, well, people really. So that is kind of my, my lifestyle. I was also raised extremely Catholic in an extremely Catholic home. And so I have a interesting view on religion and, and being able to travel to Europe and other places around the country uh, religion has really kind of become a real interest for me, and I enjoy studying it and researching it. Uh, so I guess you could say I'm kind of an amateur armchair uh, theo theologian, as uh, that's the correct word, I think. Uh, growing up, having been from this very tiny town in Iowa, I really got into reading uh, the, the mysteries, the preteen mysteries of probably before me, uh, the Nancy Drew, the Judy Bolton, the Trixie Belden, uh, really loved all of those series and read as many of those books as I possibly could get my hands on. Uh, now I'm actually going through and I'm trying to collect all of those, those books. Um, I've got, I'm starting to collect a lot more of the Judy Boltons and the Trixie Beldens. Nancy Drew is a little easier to find. But the Trixie and the Judy are a little harder to find. And so I'm trying when I find them at, at garage sales and and estate sales and those kinds of things, I'm trying to grab them up and asking for them for birthday presents. I also got into sweet romances, which were they were little tiny serials 
uh, I think maybe like a hundred pages tops. They were for readers ages 10 and up. So we aren't talking about anything really, you know, romantic, uh, but they were a huge influence for me, as were the Sweet Valley High books. My real introduction to romance, though, was my grandmother. Um, I was a teenager at the time, and my parents were very much against me reading them. Well, when they would go away and we'd stay at her house, she would welcome me into her library, and I was allowed to, to read all of her books on her shelf. So I really got into the older uh, romance novels, the Victoria Holtz, the Philippa Cars, the um, Kathleen Woodowisses. Um, and so my introduction really was into the bodice ripper uh, concept of romance novels. She is also the same woman who wonderfully enough got me into writing. She would not only read at her table for hours on end, she would also write. She primarily wrote stories about her childhood growing up on a farm in was it northwestern Missouri? She would write about collecting the eggs and going out with her dad to do the farming, and and she really was able to create these images that were incredibly impressive to me. And so she she in a way really did influence both my love of reading and my love for writing. Another influence of mine, amazingly enough was a middle school junior high English teacher and his was a lot his influence was not as positive but much more constructive at one point he informed me Jenny which please nobody call me that um Jenny you write like you think incomplete uh, which is incredibly painful to a 13 year old girl but as I've gotten older I've really learned to cherish that at what one point in time I thought was a criticism um, and make sure that I am completing the thought process that I am making sure that I'm going as far into the emotional uh, writing as far into the plot as I can and really digging deep and really trying to find the full and complete thought process so what was once somebody who I really disliked, um, his advice really sank deep into me and really kind of gave me some insight as to what I really needed to accomplish. The creation of each story, each manuscript that I've written has been incredibly different. Uh, some I've really focused heavily on the plotting and getting the entire character sheets down you know, going into and, and, and plotting out every scene of 40 chapters and, and really digging into the GMCs and and just honestly writing the story before it's written. Um, and I find that I don't want to complete those books as much because I know everything. I know exactly where it's going to go. There's no surprise. There's no enjoyment of the writing. It's become, it's such a a puzzle piece of things that the enjoyment to sit down and put the characters on the page isn't there as much. With this manuscript that I'm currently working on, I'm focusing more on the way that I first wrote before I learned about plot and characters and GMCs, goal motivations and conflicts, before I realized that there was actual sentence structure in that very first manuscript that I wrote back in my 20s. I'm going back to that basic concept of here's a general idea. 
this character needs this, this character needs this, and at the end of the book, I need to be able to have this accomplished. I don't know anything. I don't know much. I don't know a lot of who these characters are and what they need. I'm learning as I write each word and each scene. I'm figuring out who they are. I'm having far more, far much more fun uh, with this method of writing. And I'm actually finding out things about these characters that I think that if I had sat down and actually gone through their goal motivation conflicts and, and what their childhoods were like and, and all of those details that we're told we need to know before we begin writing, I don't think I'd have as much fun with it. And I think I'd be struggling more with it. But I am enjoying this book in terms of just sitting down and going, hey, what are my characters going to do today? And I'm, I'm in loving that incredibly. Uh, the edits, though, I'm not looking forward to because I can tell you that there's a lot of uh, parentheses and brackets throughout this manuscript of, oh, hey, don't forget. Oh, gee, maybe they should do this instead oh, you need to figure out what this means and, and why the characters are doing this. So the editing might not be as entertaining and it might be far more uh, head banging against the top of my desk, you know, after I move the laptop out of the way. But this initial rough draft is absolutely, it's exciting. I'm, I'm having a blast doing it. I have pulled the plug on previous manuscripts because there's a serious lack of logic. I discover that this world that I'm trying to create, this plot that I'm trying to shove into, you know, the, the slot A into tab B um, or tab A into slot B or however <laughs> it works. I'm funny that I'm trying to push things together that don't fit that round peg into a square hole. Um, and so I pull the plug on those because I just get so frustrated and I really don't know how to fix it. I haven't thrown anything away and I'm sure that at some point I'm probably actually going to go back to it and go, okay, how do I fix this? One of my biggest pet peeves um, in, in writing or in re even reading other people's books and other stories is the amount of drinking that happens. Uh, I read a series um, by an author who I enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed the plots. But it seemed that every time somebody walked into a room, they were walking over to the fridge and opening a beer. Um, that if they went out to dinner, there was a glass of wine every single time. They, they couldn't sit and have a conversation with a glass of iced tea or a, or a pop soda, depending on the part of the country you're from. Um, they, they just couldn't do that. And for me... I'm not a, a prude or anything when it comes to drinking, but for me, come on, you know, sometimes you can just sit with a cup, glass of iced tea or a cup of coffee and you can just talk and have a great communication without having to have that, that alcohol sitting beside you. In my books, there will always be at least one character who doesn't drink at all. Um, I think our society has become really focused on drinking. I don't drink much, honestly. I think once every three or four months I'll have something, but it's not often. And I like to believe that I'm not the only person out there who does that. And so I feel kind of a responsibility to those of us who don't have to have that beer and that wine all the time. No judgment. It's just one of those things. Um, 
I'm also very aware of how different people are when it comes to diversity, all forms of diversity. I want to be sure that in my writing, I am making sure that there are people of color. I wanna make sure that there are people of different orientations. I wanna be sure that I don't write white bread uh, characters. I, I want to really introduce characters that appeal to everyone and, and have a wide, um, wide enjoyment just because I think that our world is far more enjoyable that way. And I wanna make sure that as a fantasy writer, that I make sure that that is in place in everything that I write. Sometimes it can be entertaining, <laughs> um, trying to make sure that I am respectful of every diversity, of all the diversity. I wanna make sure that I am open-minded and I am not throwing in any kind of stereotype that doesn't exist. So um, I, I just, I want to make sure that I think even when it comes to like, for example, the drinking issue, that the diversity is forefront in most of my manuscripts. Right now, my reading is pretty uh, fantasy, paranormal, romance focused. Um, and it's also, I'm, I'm picking up a lot of different how-to books. Uh, one book I'm really enjoying right now and I'm really focusing on is Verbalize by Damon Swade. So I I'm try to go and, and research and study different writing styles and character development and all of that. But when it comes to the fiction reading that I do, I have to be able to make a connection with the character. I am looking for the ability to suspend disbelief. I want to believe the books I'm reading. I want to believe the characters. I want to believe the plot. I want to say, you know what, this could happen. Uh, there have been books in my life that I've read that part of me, part of my brain says, oh yeah, they're still living their happily ever after. Um, they're still living their life after that book ends. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that connection to characters and to plot um, I want to believe that the characters could be real. I have read some truly awful books, um, books that I've thrown across the room so many times that I end up breaking the spine. Um, there are a handful that I haven't gotten past the first page even. I don't know that I can choose just one worst, but I do know um, that things that, I guess you could say, turn me off in, in published work is bad editing. Honestly, that, that's probably number one. I uh, recently read a book where on one page, it commented that this house that they were pulling up in front of was one story. Three pages later, they were going up the stairs to the second floor. Same house. Uh, it's just that kind of paying attention to detail, making sure that your edits are good and making sure that you know, if, if you can't remember that it's a one-story house and you're walking up to a second floor, that takes me out of your book. That takes me out of the story uh, because that tells me that you weren't paying enough attention to it. And so if you weren't paying that close of attention, why should I as a reader? Also, laundry lists. He walked into the house. He threw his keys on 
the side table and he took off his shoes and he walked into the kitchen and he grabbed a beer. Uh, that laundry list of activity that, that you know, he, she made a fruit salad out of mangoes, bananas, uh, watermelon, cantaloupe, and honeydew. It's that laundry list. Don't give me every single detail. You can sometimes be mildly vague. She made a fruit cocktail for the party. Um, he entered the house frustrated beyond belief and walked into the kitchen to grab a bottle of water. Um, you don't have to, you know, give us that laundry list because sometimes just telling us that there's frustration or that there is attention to detail, sometimes that's enough. I love prehistory. I love that time period where polytheism existed. That time frame where we don't quite know who these people were. We don't know who our ancestors were and what they knew and how educated they were and how intelligent they were. I love looking into that time frame of history because I think that, that there's so much that we don't know about them that the, the ability to create these worlds based on that history is absolutely inspiring. The ancient civilizations excite me. Uh, my fantasy and paranormal ideas really do come from that time period. The asking the why, the how, the who, the what really gets gets me going, gets my imagination flowing. I use a lot of the religions of that time frame. The Egyptians, the ancient Greeks, the Celts, the Norse, the Babylonians, their religions, while we have all of those tales and all of those stories, there's still a lot about their faiths that we don't understand. But it is obvious that these people believed wholeheartedly in those religions. They prayed and they offered sacrifices and they, they gave their all to these gods that their civilizations had created. And so I love to really look into that. Those tales, that larger than life, those gods, they, they were all just so impressive and so amazing. And that can also be the worst part of writing as well as my favorite part of writing is trying to be truthful and to be honest with what we know about those civilizations and still saying, you know what, that's not the whole story. That's not everything we know. And so it can also be the worst in trying to make sure that I look at this all from a very logical and very intelligent perspective and making sure that I do these people justice in the same way that we wouldn't want um, with our current polytheism belief, you know, the Christianity and the Islam and the, and the Judaism, we wouldn't want somebody 5,000 years from now making assumptions that just weren't true about who and what we were. So in my creations of these different worlds based on that prehistory, I have to be very careful about crossing the line. Um, it's a lot of fun. I really do enjoy it but it can also be 
incredibly challenging. Um, and that's almost as exciting as everything else. This is a really tough question. I, I have so many books on my bookshelves. I think last count was over 1500 books. Fiction, nonfiction, um, really old books, uh, new books. I find a book that I enjoy. I find a book I'm interested in, a plot or characters that I'm interested in, and I have absolutely no problems buying the book. And actually, I probably should be a little more clear. I've probably got in hard copy over 1500. I probably have another 2000 or so on my Kindle. So I am a vivacious reader. Uh, I read and I read and I love to read. So to, to say that there's something not on my shelves that I think I should have on my shelves, I would have to say it's probably what I'm writing. I have not been able to find that story. And I think that's kind of where as writers, we all kind of start is this idea of we have this story to tell that we haven't been able to find before. And so we have to tell the story because people would be interested in reading it. Um, I don't know why there aren't more books like the one I'm writing and there might be, and I just haven't found them yet. I, I honestly don't know. So this is a really tough question um, for me to answer. Um, I, I don't have an answer. Uh, and sorry. <laughs> this is another challenging question for me, partially because my marketing skills just aren't that good yet. I have yet to publish anything. Um, so when it comes to actually marketing the manuscript, it's a little difficult. I can say that I have been successful to some degree in the pitch you know, that 25 word elevator pitch, I have been able to sell my characters and sell my plot to this de degree where I do have requests being made um, for partials and, and full manuscripts. I just haven't made it further than those requests. <clears throat> Some fantastic rejections that I have learned so much from um, and it's really given me an insight into things that I need to work on. And I value every single one of those those publishers and agents and editors that have taken the time to give me the feedback. Networking, though, is extremely important. Uh, I try to go to an RWA national meeting, excuse me, an RWA national meeting, which is uh, Romance Writers of America. They have an annual meeting every July. I'm unable to make this year, but I went last year and the year before and marketing with fellow writers and being able to meet with them and go to conferences and talk and have that connection with other writers, I think is probably one of the most valuable things that as writers we can do is, is the marketing aspect. Twitter is where I'm most successful in terms of that connection with other writers. The last couple of months I have not been as good at it just because I've got a child graduating high school and and all kinds of wonderful things going on. So I have not been as diligent as I should be. And I need to get back into that as quickly as possible. I would love to participate in panels. I would love to sit down and, you know, have that interaction with other writers and, and help 
you know, that insight that I have learned, or I think that I've learned, I would love to be able to get onto a panel and really get involved in the conversations of writing and plot development and characters. And, and I really do get excited with those conversations. So I think that would be something that I would absolutely enjoy. I think as writers, we need to believe in ourselves more. We need to have more confidence. There are so many writers that I know that we don't announce. When people ask us what we do, we don't announce that we're writers. We don't say, oh, I'm a writer. I'm an author. I, I sit and I write and I tell stories. We don't advertise that as much. Uh, for years, I would say, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom, not, oh, I'm a writer and a stay-at-home mom. Uh, in the last couple of years, that's something I've been working really hard with myself to be able to say, I'm a writer and, and say it with confidence and say it with certainty. And I think that that's something that we all need to work on is to be honest and be upfront and say, I'm a writer. I create worlds I, I in, and I enjoy it. It's enjoyable. Uh, so we need to support each other more, I think. Publishing is a very competitive world. You know, there are only so many books that a publisher can put out in a year. There are only so many books we can write in a time period. There are only so, there's only so much we can do. And so it's a very competitive world and we need to kind of give our, ourselves and each other a break and give our, each other that support and that love that, hey, this is a hard world and we need to accomplish this. I think that sometimes we fail in doing that just because it is so competitive. And honestly, it's so, it's such a singular and it's such a solitary venture that we accomplish. We sit at our desks with our laptops or our notebooks, however we write best, and we get very isolated. And Thankfully, with things like Twitter and Instagram and, and all of those other social networking sites, we have a better ability to reach out to each other and to say hi to one another and to really learn how to you know, connect. But at the end of the day, it really is just us and our laptop and our minds and our own insanity. And so we need to kind of remember that we're not alone and that there is other support and we can lift each other up in the process. And, and that's, I think, the most important thing we need to keep in mind. I have written historicals, primarily Victorian historicals. I, I have at least one complete, completed manuscript uh, with historical, and it was a very enjoyable book. It was my very first one I really hadn't learned anything about plot and characters, which I think I've mentioned before. It was a very enjoyable book to write. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun writing it. But there's so much work that needs to be done um, to it to make it a viable, sellable product. But it interested me so much, the historical aspect, due to the fact that as a woman, women had a lot of restrictions. We had a lot of boundaries. We had a lot of rules placed upon us. And yet there were still women who were successful, who still were able to, you know, follow their dreams and they were able to accomplish things. And so 
that aspect of a historical really interests me. The fact that there were these women who knew these are my boundaries. I can't own property. I can't do this or I can't do that. And yet they were still able to do so. I'm also kind of flirting with writing a contemporary right now. You know, when I'm not writing the fantasy and I kind of need to take a breath for a day and, and focus on something else, I'm flirting with writing a contemporary. And I think contemporaries also, which modern day, um, no paranormal aspects, no anything, just modern day, um, there's a whole different set of rules and there's a whole different set of guidelines. And in some ways, those guidelines are stricter and in some ways, they're far more uh, loose and open. But there are, and so it's, it's much more to me, it contemporaries much more about the characters themselves and the emotions in, in their, their day-to-day lives. There probably are things uh, that I won't write, but that could change depending upon the storyline, the character's needs. Um, I'm not going to say, oh, I absolutely will not write. I'm not comfortable with several topics. I'm not comfortable with rape, um, sexual exploitation. Um, I'm not comfortable with abuse of any kind. I'm not comfortable with. But to say that I absolutely will not write it, I think is selling myself as a writer, as well as the characters that I will create someday, I'm selling all of a short. So I don't know that there's anything that I absolutely positively will not write because it depends upon what the characters need and what the characters use for their own development. This one I might run on a little too long about. My husband is probably my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader, my biggest fan. He has always had my back. He has always been there to say, you can do this. You got this. You know, you're smart enough. You know, you're talented enough. You know, your, your writing is, is there and you just need to sit down and do it. Uh, he has given me, um, gifts. My mother's day this year, I got, uh, emotional thesauruses and I got, um, I got a whole handful of, of craft books, of research books, um, because that's what I wanted. And so he makes sure that I have what I need. Uh, and he, you know, he puts together solder furniture and he helps transport books from one place to the next. And, and he's supported me and, and, and sent me off to conferences and things, knowing that this is what I need to be able to be successful. And so my, love and an appreciation for him is absolutely boundless. We have two kids um, and they've been here for the whole ride of me trying and, and failing and trying again and failing and trying again. I know that once I do make that level of being published, one, I know that they'll see that you just keep trying. Don't give up. Don't quit. Uh, just keep pushing for it. And I know that they support me and they love me because, you know, in part, they'll give me gifts of, of post-it notes and highlighters because they know that's something that I'll enjoy. Uh, I also have an amazing support staff su system, support system in my 
and, and a group of local ladies. As I mentioned before, I belong to Romance Authors of America. I belong to also a local chapter as well as an online chapter, the Fantasy Futuristic Paranormal chapter online, the Romance Authors of the Heartland here in Nebraska. These ladies, I think on the local level, were at about 35-ish members. I might be wrong by five or ten people there. And if I am, I'm sorry. Um, but there's, there's a support staff we meet once a month, and we discuss writing, and we have workshops, and we have retreats, and we get together, and we commiserate, and we celebrate, and we discuss writing and we kind of help each other out. If somebody's having a tough time with something, there's always somebody there to say, hey, you got this. This is how you know you can get through this difficulty or this plot issue or uh, brainstorming sessions, plotting sessions. Um, we are all kind of right there for each other and really give each other our support. And within that local chapter of RAW, I am also a member of a critique group. We've been meeting for at least five years. Um, we were trying to figure it out the other night and we're not entirely sure, but at least five years. We meet every Monday. Uh, we all bring pages and we all plot and brainstorm and critique each other's work. And we're there to, to give each other whatever support we need that week. Uh, we have eaten a lot of chocolate, <laughs> a lot of cake, a lot of pie, a lot of ice cream. Um, both in celebration as well as commiseration. We have laughed and we have joked and we have really given each other um, that shoulder and that assistance. And so my support crew, my support system is actually very strong and I love every single one of those people. I have friends who are not writers and who are constantly saying, hey, you got this. So I think I'm incredibly lucky uh, with the support system that I have. And I know that I am extremely honored to have that. Legacy. You know, honestly, this is something that I have really never thought about. Uh, so I would have to say that I'd want to be remembered for not quitting, uh, for not giving up, um, for constantly pushing forward and trying to get something going and something accomplished. I would love to think that I'd also like to be remembered for somebody who makes the reader think just a little harder, feel just a little bit deeper. I am working really hard this year on emotion and really making that deep point of view work on the page. So I think that's something that I would love to be remembered for. I don't really have anything that I have to do. Um, there's no Citizen Kane <laughs> and, and in my mind of, of something that I have to accomplish. Other than I really would love to be traditionally published. That really is kind of a dream for me. And I've considered changing that dream to self-publishing. Um, and so far, I just haven't been able to make that leap. But I would love to be published. I would love to be remembered for not giving up. And I would love to have a reader go, wow, this made me think just a little bit harder and feel just a little bit deeper. I think that our stories do equal our culture. 
I think storytelling does absolutely shape identity and that we do give a service to humanity. Fiction can, I'm told, cannot be stranger than truth. But I think that by making our fiction stranger than truth, by introducing characters um, and, and plots and stories that kind of shed a light on who and what we are really does give humanity in general this ability to say, yes, this is the world we live in. And this is one way in which we can digest it, that we can take it in and we can process what's going on around us. It can also be an escapism. Um, but in a way, that escapism is also shedding some light as to our society and, and how it works and how it thinks. We do, to some degree, have a responsibility to show the world the way we view the world around us. There have been books for years and years and years that have done that. Harriet Beecher Stowe um, uh, J.D. Salinger, I'm trying to remember some of these names, but different authors throughout the generations. Um, for hundreds of years, we've been able to go back and say, wow, this is a slice of our humanity. This is a slice of what it's like to be a teenager, what it's like to be a slave, what it's like to. And so absolutely, our writing can reflect uh, the world as it is, the world is how we would like to see it, the world as how we experienced it. And that is an incredibly powerful thing to, to process.